We're starting commendably promptly, which is very good. I've been kind of promoted. Uh, I was allowed to be on your level yesterday, but it's friend go up higher. Today, I don't know whether I like it so well, still. Um, very kind of them to arrange, made this more convenient arrangement for us. We'll um, just have a moment of waiting on God, shall we? Waiting on Him in our spirits. But when we're together, it's good to wait on Him for a moment in a sense of togetherness, isn't it? Thank you, Lord, that we're here by your invitation and your grace. It isn't we who've drawn nigh to you, it's you to us. And you have your ways of speaking to our hearts and our minds, to your spirit and to your word. And so once again, this isn't our own. We are gathered around no human teacher, but beyond yourself. Let us hear your voice. And you just fix into each of us whatever is from you for each. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Oh, I happen to uh, shout so loud up here, is that so? Are you hearing all right? Fine. Now, those of you who are here uh, at our morning session in the dining room uh, yesterday may remember that uh, we're seeking to spend these uh, five consecutive sessions which have now been shifted the remainder I suppose to the afternoons um, on uh, seeking to examine together the, the structure of living the structure of life they are um, sessions of investigation examination um, and indeed consideration as to whether what we're saying uh, is based on the revelation of God's word if it isn't, throw it out and come and correct me uh, because that's the basis of what we're saying so we're seeking to um, have a get an overall um, consideration of uh, the, the meaning of living if you like the meaning of human living because it's human humanity which obviously interests us being, we being part of it so we were starting to um, answer or seek to answer three questions one is what is life and then if we have some answer to that uh, how do we live it? And then if we have some answer to that, why do we live it? We are on the first of those and shall not get beyond it 
today. We saw yesterday that uh, the Bible gives us a simple answer, light is one person. I am the life. God in the flesh said that. So there's only one light, there's only one person in the universe, that's where we started. Only one person in the universe. And none of us and nothing can find its focus unless it is um, some derivative of this one, something which is part of the one. So we're starting here as a foundation. There's nothing which isn't the one in action by some means, positively or negatively. It's one person. And we saw that uh, Jesus, as final authority, um, made um, uh, to me an ultimate statement about him. When he said, God is spirit. He may be much more, but that's not what we're considering now. What Jesus said, God is spirit. And the significance of that is the spirit is the within person. Now, we don't know the universe, what there is without, without within. They're only three-dimensional terms. They're not really in the fourth dimension at all. Tommy talks us a little about that. But uh, for, from, from our point of view, we say spirit is a within person. We know that because we're spirits. We're human spirits, and the human spirit is this, 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 this self we are this inaccessible, unapproachable self. It just is, that's all. And we saw then that the spirit is meaningless unless it has attached to it a a spontaneous form of expression, means of expression. And our bodies and our souls, our emotions and reasons are means of which we express our inner self. It's in a relationship of unity by which we just uh, live spontaneously. Therefore, uh, this this one person in the universe who is spirit, if he's to be meaningful, uh, if he's to be uh, manifested, must have a means of expression. And the Bible reveals us the whole universe, or we say, if you like, our world, is his means of expression. Therefore, we have, in a sense, relocated God. And we've taken him out of what in our three-dimensional terms we might, might say someone up there. We said, no, he's a within person expressing himself through. Every single thing, therefore, is he expressing himself, not something he makes, something he is. Of course, I'm asked the question, and some friend kindly sent me a little note, as they should do, and said, could you explain the difference between that and pantheism? The difference between that and pantheism is pantheism means the thing is God. We say a thing is a form of God. Now, I don't say your body is you. It's pretty close to it. I say your body is a form you take. You are a person who expresses yourself through your body. So you're not exactly your body, although you're pretty close to it. Now that's the sense in which everything is a form of, of God. It's expression of him. He is the inner person expressing himself by this. Therefore we're not, we don't worship the thing. We worship the person of, 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 which, of which the thing is a manifestation. Of whom the thing is a manifestation. We then went on to see that uh, he has revealed to us, being a person, but the heartbeat of this universe is a person, thinking, willing, living, acting person. A person can't manifest personalities through things, because things are limited, personalities are limited. Uh, Therefore, the only way by which a person can express personality is by persons. So now we see why we are derivatives, but we are persons. 
We see why we're persons. The only reason for the existence of persons is to be spontaneous expressions of deity. Only when you and I are spontaneously, naturally, know how to be uh, manifestations of God are we real persons. That's why we took as our key statement from the scriptures for these, these, this series. Uh, what John said, as he is, so are we in this world. Not so ought we to be. We are. So this is not a becoming life, it's a being life. You become to be. We've got to learn what it is, how we have become, then we leave our becoming behind and we are being. As he is, so are we. The perfect proof again of this fact, of course, was Jesus himself on earth. Because he was continually referring to the Father. He was the one who introduced this one by that wonderful name, or practically introduced him to the world. He did once or twice in the Old Testament he's called Father, but rather incidentally. But he, this was the favourite term, uh, name by which God, Jesus spoke of him, as the Father. And you remember how he was continually saying, the Father sent me. I do what the Father still tells me to do. Uh, I please the Father, I honour the Father, and so on and so on. Now, because we're three-dimensional people, and see one person outside another, that immediately conveyed to the disciples a person outside Jesus. And they took it in some mysterious way, he must have had some relationship with somebody up here. So finally, at his last wonderful conversation with him around the supper table, he said he was going to the Father. Now, of course, to them that immediately introduced in geographical terms. That must be some ascent up here. Uh, and he, he kind of ticked them up to uh, make a few responses. He did that quite often. Uh, and so he said, of course you know the way, knowing you didn't know the way. Um, and they said, of course you don't know the way. Now straight away he said, way, I am the way. Now the immediately takes you to, to another dimension. So ways, ways in, the, in, in, the, in, in the ultimate are up here, down there, uh, a person. That's all there is in the universe, a person. I am the way. This, this person. We're the way. Uh, they took his father until finally they asked, the, asked him the question he wanted them to ask him, they say. One of them said, all right then, show us the father and that will suffice us. You know the answer. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. And say of us now. But he said, because it's like this, put shortly. The words I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, I'm a real, I'm a real human self, he said. I speak not of myself, the Father that dwelleth in me. He said, even if I go wrong, he never was up there, he's always here. The Father dwelleth in me, he doeth the works, and so the words I've been speaking have been his words. And my thoughts have been his thoughts, and my deeds have been his deeds. We live in a, um, in other words, in the unification which has become so perfectly natural to me, what I'm saying is he saying it. What I'm doing is he doing it. Now, the importance of what he said was this. He straight away turned on, in that John 14, 15, 16 chapters to them, and said, now I'll tell you why I've come. He called God Spirit, this, inner, in, this, in, this within person. Now he said, the Spirit to be in you. That's why I've come. And he said, just as this person, as Spirit, is joined to, to me, to my human spirit, and we're one, so my functioning is he functioning, so this person is to be joined to you, so you functioning is he functioning. Meaning of life. As we say, humanity is true humanity where it's a spontaneous expression of deity. And that's exactly what happened at Pentecost. Pentecost is the fixed awareness of, 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 of a unity. 
You've had your Pentecost if it's produced for you a fixed awareness of an of, of uh, indissoluble unity, you and God are one person. And you come to a new consciousness, a new awareness of this fact. That God and you are one person, and you don't have to find him. You don't have to, don't have to see him. You just, you just live, and that's it. You living as he living. Up to Pentecost, their concept of God was external. Christ crucified, Christ risen, Christ ascended. From Pentecost, their concept of God was internal. They entered into the true meaning of, of, of reality. The proof of that is how they presented God or Christ in their letters. Thus Paul said, he said, I'll take at the very heart of what I'm telling all the churches, I'll suffer for telling them. This is what's the heart of it. He said, it's been a hidden secret, it's not a new thing, he said, it's been a secret or a mystery, a mystery is something which those know who, to whom it's been revealed. Uh, it said, this secret has been hidden from ages and generations, it's always there, a hidden thing's always there, so I haven't found it. Now it's come wide open in Jesus Christ. And he says, this hidden thing is Christ in you. Not Christ for you, not Christ around you, not Christ by you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. And he made the perfect analysis, as far as I know, that there are the made uh, of true humanity. And that is in his great statement in Galatians 2.20, where he said this, I have been crucified with Christ. That's what we'll speak of later on, this, this, that's the old uh, illusory independent self. The consequence before, the old illusory independent self. This independent, self-acting, self-reliant self, I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. I'm a redeemed person now. Here I am alive. Wait a minute. Nevertheless, I, said, never, nevertheless I live. No, he has to correct himself. No, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. So this life is basically not two together. It's not two side by side. It's not God assisting me. It's God replacing me. This life is replacement. Nevertheless, I live. No, 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 no. It isn't I really living. It's Christ living. So the real Paul is Christ, and the real you is Christ. Uh, this is a paradox. It cannot be put. Paradoxes are, paradoxes are final truths which, which appear contradictory to us. And, will, uh, and will only come out in their, in their final unity in next dimension. Down here they have to remain a contradiction. So Paul has to correct himself. He says, I do live, that's obvious. No, I don't live, Christ lives. That's the joke, the joke of life in which we live. The paradox. You never get beyond that. Uh, but then went on. This is the point. He didn't stop there. Uh, this statement of his has, as it were, three terms. One is the old independent eye out, crucified with Christ. Here I am. I'm a real person. But no, it isn't I. It's really he. So one is really living in his Now he says, having said that, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. Now, the life I now live in the flesh, I live a great big strapping eye came back. God wants great big liberated eye. God doesn't want dead, dead cells, he wants living cells. He wants people with fuller self. The life I now live in the flesh, bang, 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 I live by the faith of the Son of God. By the faith of the Son of God means by the awareness that, God is the, that Christ is what he is to me. Who loved me, gave himself for me. So those are just a... Uh, a few evidences of, from, from Christ and his disciples um, of this uh, uh, relationship which we have created, where humanity is a spontaneous, natural expression of deity, manifestation of deity. We then went on to um, take a glimpse uh, at answering the important question, if this is the only person in the universe, 
And the whole universe is merely a false expression of the one person. We better find out what kind of person he is. So it's important. And of course that's revealed to us, as we said in that further three-worded statement. Jesus has said God is spirit. John said God is love. And we took a slight first glance at love. And we discovered that um, love is ultimate. Meaning, and we're talking about, about ultimate, means this. Really, our life is living other people's lives. We are really our neighbour. Love your neighbour as being yourself. Love your neighbour as being yourself. And the evidence we had of that, uh, in, in the, uh, uh, the form of analogy, was uh, Jesus saying it was like bread or like water. Because bread something which has given up its own life in a cornfield become you. He says, I'm, I'm a person like that. My life is not my own life, it's being you. And we looked back and we saw that the whole creation manifests that to us. I'm leaning my hand on a desk which is on a tree. The real meaning of this life has to become a desk for me. And everything, every created thing, its real meaning is to, be, is to cease to have its individual life and become something for me. And the real meaning of our lives is to be something for others. But it must be spontaneous, must be natural. It isn't the kind of thing you put on with a big, lot of big, big lot of effort. It just becomes you. It must be that. So we saw this um, as um, uh, life. This one, the kind of person he is, and yet in such a relationship to us that we are a spontaneous expression and manifestation of him. This is the meaning of our lives. And the, and the actual fact of our lives, not just the meaning. And that it is, not should be. As he is, so are we. We saw then uh, that this brings us down to our central problem. The problem of humanity. We may say the privilege of humanity, but also the problem of humanity. And that is the infinitely delicate Uh, question of freedom. Uh, a free person should only express freedom through free persons. And a free person is a person who has made a voluntary cho choice and loves them to fulfill his choice. Therefore, if God was going to be a free God through free people, free people must be free. But freedom must be one and never compelled. We saw that um, freedom has perhaps a, um, a stronger basis than we sometimes think. We sometimes regard freedom maybe as something that won't be anything. No. Uh, freedom is the ability of a, of a human personality to make a choice, a right choice, and then his freedom is in the development of his choice. Life is built on making right choices. That's what consciousness is, the ability to choose this or that. And the whole of life, all the way through, is, is uh, uh, the, the capacity of making right choices, and then uh, we express our freedom in the development of our choices. So we explain on, on a simple human illustration. Uh, a young man may choose to be a doctor. It may take him seven years to become a doctor. Having done so, he's made his, his basic choice. The rest of his life, probably, is in the development of medicine. He doesn't suddenly begin developing carpentry or plumbing or something, he, his, his freedom is developing his medicine. And so on through life. And we saw the important, most important fact of all, that because God is the first self, 
He's the first one, he's the first in the universe, the first self. A self is only a conscious self if, it's, if it ha- has the capacity to make the right choice, it makes it. And the fundamental choice a self makes, a self being compiled of desire, of love, love is desire, being compiled of desire, how will it fulfill its desires? What, what is the either or for a self? Will, it, will I fulfill my desire by having everything and everybody for myself? Or will I fulfill myself by, by, by myself being for everybody everything? Will I be a person, myself, who it will satisfy us that everything and every person is for me? Or will I be a person, my, I satisfy my, 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 my desire by, I, by me being for everybody and everything? And the wonder, the revelation is, God has eternally been that latter one. That God made equivalent to a choice. We can't exactly use that word an eternal person, but as they say, you have to use temporal language of, of eternal facts. So he said, God cannot lie. So you surprisingly come against uh, the, the Almighty God finding something he can't, be, can't do. Because it cannot be a self without a choice. And this is the fundamental choice. And so thank God there is in the very basis of the nature of God a fixation. And that fixation is he cannot be a, a self-seeker, a self-magnifier, a self-desirer, because a liar is that. A liar, a liar is a person who is de- 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 protecting himself at other people's expense. It is a form of self-interest. So security, so seeking. God cannot be that. He can only be a self-giver. And there isn't a single thing in the universe God ever has, ever could do, which is in some form of self-giving love. All God's liberty is in the bill of his fundamental choice. His fundamental choice is to be a self-giver. All his liberty is in the development of that choice. Now, we come down to us humans. Now, there must be this infinite delicacy of freedom. Uh, so th- 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 our life is based on, on a, 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 the fr- making of a free choice. And there is this fundamental choice with us. Many other choices fundamentally about here. Shall I basically be now a human is created as part of the living God? So the normal situation is the human as part of the living God is, is simply part of a self-giver. And there's a sense in which this shouldn't arise. Or should arise and be settled very quickly. He should have been, uh, because uh, as, as part of God, we should, we, we should be expression of God. So we should be just spontaneously self-givers and lovers. But because we're free, it's possible for us to be the other. And the Bible reveals to us that before the human creation was, there was another who took this choice. And brought into being a, a, a dimension, a kingdom which never should have been known. He's given us in the Bible under the name of Lucifer. Uh, we all know the, the marvels of prophecy. We are detecting a little of that in, in, the, uh, in the examination of the personality of these days, such as in ESP and the clairvoyance and so on. Uh, the capacity for seeing beyond uh, what is visible. We, we, we've been talking a little about that. So we understand all through the Bible there's been prophecy when uh, uh, men have been, had a burning message for their generation Suddenly, in the midst of their, the proclamation of their burning message, Isaiah or Jeremiah or someone, light burst in them and they jumped in, in sight and they've seen the Messiah coming. Or something happening in the future. We all know those great passages in, in the, in the, uh, where, where the Old Testament forced, for, for, uh, prophesied and foresees the coming of Christ. Just now and then, it wasn't foreseeing, it was backsight. And the veil tore open behind, they got a God's way back. And there are two striking passages 
when um, the, when we're uh, we're given a, 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 a sight of this first created being who made the wrong choice. He's called Lucifer. The two passages are Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28. There are other passages speak of him. We, Jesus called him commonly Satan. He was first of all Lucifer because men like bear, not light. He used to be part, he used to be expressions like a god, like bear. But being a free person, and for certain reasons given, uh, if you read those two passages, uh, he made the choice that a, a, a person could be, he'd, he'd be the opposite. He'd be a self-lover and a self-seeker. What he did was uh, open up a hidden, the hidden part of a self, of the God self, which never should have been known. That's where hell is. Hidden part of God's self, which never should have been known. Uh, to explain what I mean, the Bible speaks of God as fire and light. Hebrews 12 says our God is a consuming fire. 1 John says God is light. Now you can't have light without fire, but they're a bit different in their effects. Uh, fire, as he said, is consuming. Electricity of the sun, consuming. If you're there, you're, you're, it's self-consuming. Now, actually, we actually know today, they, they, we, uh, of course, not the scriptures, that there's a process of dying to itself, which happens in the sun, which produces death, by which, which is the life by which we live. There's a process by which the sun, having made, made hydrogen, hydrogen atoms, which fuse, we're seeking now the fusion of the hydrogen atom. If we get that, we get illimitable power, because everything nearly has hydrogen in it. The fusion of the hydrogen atom in the heat of the sun means it's transmuted into a helium atom, in, the, in, in, in that process is released energy which is our light. So it comes out of a kind of giving up of itself by the sun. And so, uh, 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 in, in this respect, coming out from the sun is something which blesses and gives light and light to the world. So that which is by itself left to itself a consuming fire, which, when it goes out of it, it becomes a blessed light. Now this is what a self is. There is a fire rooting God. All the amazing energies of the universe burn in God. If there was a turn inward, God's a devil. They never turned inward. They were in the birth of his son, in the, in the begetting of his son, they turned outward. And they became the first stream from this fiery self of self-giving self light and love and blessing. Same as the sun streams down like that upon us. Now the, the point for us is, we are all in that fire root. Every human being is in that fire root. We're a fire. You know you're a fire. It's not you to find out. We're a fire in our passions. We're a fire in our angers. We're a fire in our... It is glorious to be a fire. I don't want to be a cold stone. I wish to be a burning fire. Much more fun. Tell what comes out of the fire. Now the tragedy of, of, of fallen humanity is, is um, uh, remaining the fire which consumes itself. Burns in it. Now that's... That's what a choice of self for itself is. In other words, what, what Lucifer did, he opened up a, 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 a dimension of self which never should have been known. A dimension which is in God. The fire root is in God. And uh, as a free person, uh, being created out of God's fire root, with all the fires of personality, Lucifer as a person says, I'm not the least interested in being part of the self-giving God. I'm going to be a self-loving self. I'm going to be myself to have everything for my own ends and my own aims. And he, 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 he began the fires of hell. The fires of hell burn inside you. No matter what happened afterwards. The Bible says so. 
The Bible says, uh, the tongue is a fire set on fire of hell. So hell's inside you. When it comes out of your tongue as it shouldn't come, that's a fire of hell. You know it. We burn with what? Burn with lust. Burn with anything. It's fires. They're all full consuming, aren't they? Thank God they're consuming because they drive us back to Jesus. Because they're consuming. And the, and the horror of a humanity is to be at the fires of hate and the fires of fear and the fires of sex and the fires of alcohol and the fires of cultures and what to do with them except being burned by them. And they go on burning. Sometimes uh, we humans, when, when we're, beyond, we're beyond being able to, ful to, to fulfill some of our burning desires, we can't fulfill them, but we keep on burning. That's hell. To be filled with desires, you maybe get too old to fulfill, but you keep on burning. That's hell. So there's hell, all right, and hell is in God. Hell is, in the, it is a hidden part of God which never should have been known, never was known in God. Because God is forever, his fire, his son has been a light through Jesus Christ, through the Spirit, out to the universe. But it's, it's, the, the fearfulness of being a, a free person, the, uh, the, pri the privilege and fun and marvel of being a free person, is our, free, our, our, our protection of freedom. It's great fun being free, isn't it? It's great fun going and walk on the beach when you want to, whether there's a meeting here or not, isn't it? <laughs> great fun being free. Look at the free, look at the wonderful. What a wonderful world. Look, 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 look. Freedom. It's wonderful. I'm always glad that I get a nice meal. I'm not a cow and always chew grass. <laughs> That um, our freedom is produce something uh, we improve on grass. Freedom is wonderful. Freedom is a, freedom is a thrill, an in, illimitable potential. It's based on great responsibility. Uh, it's it's uh, unlimited potential linked to a, a, a fundamental responsibility. Because the first thing about freedom is its choice. The first thing about freedom is the right to intelligent choice. And then the freedom is the development of the choice. And so we get this person. Here is the, is the creation of hell. The creation, the production of what never should be done. The origin of evil isn't difficult. It's in God. It's something of God which has been taken, which, which uh, is a misuse of the being. It's a misuse of, of the fire root for which all cells are made. So it's part of God still. It's misuse. Thank God, it's misuse has painful consequences. Thank God, because that, that's, that's God's mercy. Because I hope we can get our way back then. I claim in the Bible that there was a person like this. Sorry, some people don't believe that these days. I don't know quite how you believe in the Holy Spirit if you don't believe in the evil spirit. If I believe a spirit's a person, uh, God's a person, and this person can live in me, and you're a person, you're a spirit, it isn't very difficult for me to believe another creature's spirit. Why should I be so crabby? I can't believe there's another one as well. And certainly Jesus did. Um, Jesus said of Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. Well, Peter wasn't Satan. He was just a jolly fellow who got into the invasion for five minutes. <laughs> But, but you and I get some invasions for five minutes too. And it's Satan. Uh, awful, awful word, isn't it? At, the, at that lovely last supper, Satan entered into him. That was Judas. Satan entered into him. I can't fool with Satan anymore. I can fool with the Holy Ghost. And I think for the times we go on, how, how, uh, without Satan, without this spirit, you you can't get the focus of redemption clear. 
At least I think so, I, I, because I've perceived it there. Now we're all right, we're taking this. This one. Um, and we're seeing, therefore, he's a part of God, what we might call the negative part of God, because he's going to the negative. He's, he's um, brought into the open uh, 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 the, 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 the basis of a nature of God, nature of which never should have been known. Uh, on the basis of, of, of this, of the self-centeredness, the fire. Now we get the creation of man. That's a, bu- a, very, a beautifully delicate presentation of the history of the creation of man. Why? The God of Eden, Adam and Eve. Because, um, first of all, uh, it's essential that uh, God has people who found their potential. God doesn't want a bunch of kids. They're very nice, but they won't last long, nice if they last as long as uh, if they continue as kids. He wants adults. An adult knows his potential. Now the whole meaning of humanity is a humanity who has discovered his potential, his potential to be means of, God, of, of, of the expression of God, of self-giving love. But to find your potential. We found our potential through the fall. Well, thank God we found it anyhow. We know something about the powers that we, that, that, that we have. Thank God. We need to know them. We mustn't say that humanity had to fall to find its potential because one person didn't. But he had to find his potential, and that's Jesus. It's very interesting to watch Jesus at 12 years of age. He found a tremendous potential. This little boy at 12 years of age had an insight into the scriptures and the meaning of things which staggered those old professors. And there he sat in the temple, hearing them and asking questions, saying, what on earth is this kid? Who is he? What's he know? And here was the potential of the, of the, of the, the you see, he, as he says, he grew, the Bible says Jesus Christ grew in wisdom and stature, so he grew as we did. Uh, and the, the larger revelation came to him. And here was some of his, the, the, the potential coming out through him. Of course, the key with Jesus was a, an, angry, an angry parents. The angry parents turned and said, you naughty boy, we wasted two solid days looking about for you. What business you got here? Come back home. Now, Selfworth said, no, thank you. I'm as good as any of these professors. Goodbye you. I'm here. I'm an ordained minister now. Soon be a PhD. <laughs> no, no, no. He was subject unto them. His subject, his potential was to be for the world, for God, not for self-inflation. He never gave way an inch. Eighteen more years hammering nails in. I expect he was a good cop. Now I'd like to have, be, have, have the use of one of his tables to have another chance. I expect he made good ones. He learned, and all that time learning, he, he was filled with the scriptures. Filled with the scriptures. Probably, the, uh, I think I satisfactorily say, the true revelation didn't come until the dove came on him. Because then he said, the Spirit anointed me. I'm that person. He had not, never had the final confirmation, or at least the, he hadn't give, been given the moment in time, I don't know which, uh, when the one who, whom he read in the Old Testament, who was himself, the voice said, that's you. And they went out. And you watch how Jesus knew his potential. The amount of temptation tells us that. Now, Satan tempts us on our level. Each of us are tempted to different levels. Satan couldn't come to you and say, Look here, if you give yourself to me, I'll give you the whole world. Because you're not fit to have the world. You couldn't manage the world. The world will soon presume kick you out. Uh, there are very few people in history who could feel like that. Napoleon did. Maybe Alexander the Great. Maybe Hitler thought so. 
there are few men in history who have thought they had capacity to handle the world. You've got to be pretty big to be that. Jesus knew he was that. And so Satan could tend him on that. He said, come my way, I do have the world in a few years. No, he says, I have the world another way round. I'll have a world for eternity. Not for a few times and then get, shot, get, 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 get poisoned by my cut son or something. But you see, you see what I mean, the development of the potential. Now we found our potential through the fall. Thank God you found your passions. Thank God you found your ambitions. Thank God you found your mental capacities. Uh, and, uh, uh, and so forth. Because this is the material for God. This is the fire root which can now be the, the, the means of the, of the light going out. But of course we found the wrong way around. We found through the fall. The fall is an infinite delicate uh, 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 fact of history. Why delicate? Because uh, God had to bring Adam and Eve to an adult choice and had to give them the chance of coming to an adult choice making a right choice. So the way God handled it was this. He put them somewhere where they could see nothing but his goodness. He streamed his goodness on them. All the beauty of the garden and everything else. So they knew they had a wonderful heavenly father. They had some relationship with him, presumably, more external. Or, uh, which is an illusion, really, but I mean, look like it. Um, uh, so so they, the New Testament, the Old Testament records present it to us, I guess. So they knew the kindness and goodness of the Father. But, he said, there's just one thing in the middle here you mustn't take. There were two things in the middle. One they took no notice of. There was a tree of life. And the next door, it says, quite, because it says in the record, they were both in the middle of the garden. Next door, it was tree of, God, dog, of, of knowledge of good and evil. Don't touch that one now. Everything else, here you are. Everything you can have. Don't touch that now. Now, this is how they found themselves. How? By temptation. Temptation is most useful. Thank God for temptation. It makes us know what we can be, thank God. It can be for God instead of being for flesh and devil. It means you're a pulsing humor if you're tempted. Life is response to environment, I believe. <coughs> um, so, the, the temptation produced that. The temptation at all those levels. The temptation be uh, became something that it says that the, the, it looked, looked pleasant to eat. It, it aroused their, 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 their physical appetites. Uh, it, looked, it looked beauty, it, it was beautiful to look upon. began to arouse their acquisitive, their acquisitive powers which can come through the eye. And something which can make them wise. It, it, it aroused like, their capacity for ambition and, and, and uh, uh, improvement and development and so on. Quite right, quite right. We meant to have all that. That wasn't the, part of the problem. Those are the outward, the, the stimulation of the outward forms of man, what we call our humanity. But we're deeper than our humanity. Inside our minds, inside our appetites, inside our capacities, there's ourselves. Now here is the key point. Now, uh, an independent self can only love itself. This never should have been. It never should have been. It should have been, or at least we may say there should have been some, some means by which, that, as I say, the choice of the means to make, which had been spontaneously part which our, our independent selves delighted to be uh, dependent in the sense of, of, of being the means of which, of which we could be forms of God's self-giving love. That's what it's meant to be. Uh, an independent self can only be self-loving. That's why we've got to be saved. Everyone's got to be saved, we've got to be redeemed, we've got to be born again. An independent self can never be self-loving. Anything but self-loving. 
That's why Paul puts the, puts the difference later on. He says, the difference between the highest independent self and the divine self is this. He says, the highest independent self can love because it's better than love. So it says this, um, Romans 5 says this, scarcely for a righteous man would one die, speaking of us humans. In other words, scarcely for a righteous man would die, if a fellow is self-sufficient, I don't know if I should die, let him die for himself. Peradventure for a good man, some would dare to die. I'm quoting Paul. In other words, if something appeals to me, my children, my family, my country, well, I'll give a life for it. Uh, uh, a human will give his life to that which he approves of. God gives his life to that which he disapproves of. Uh, human's love is conditional. God's love is unconditional. God doesn't care about himself, but he died on the cross for us. He doesn't care. And when that gets us, we don't care. That's not human. That's superhuman. That's the difference between God and man. Man's love can go to the point of approval. Where we disapprove, <coughs> God's love is unconditional, thank God. Or he shouldn't be inside it. Well, uh, it says, uh, for God commends his love towards us, in the same passage, while we get sinless, Christ died for us, while we're enemies, we were saved by the through death for while we're enemies, he died for his enemies, this is the difference. So, I'm saying an important point. Uh, independent self cannot get beyond self-love. They can get a good way, they cannot get the ultimate. There's only one in the universe who is that ultimate, because there's only one person in the universe. And when we're spontaneously part of him, then as part of him we're that. So, Adam and Eve in this condition couldn't resist that tree. Don't, they, couldn't, they couldn't choose right. They couldn't choose right. Because they were stimulated, as we are meant to be stimulated, by self-love, by self-indulgence, and appetite, and ambition, and so on. And that's all we are. And we follow our stimulations. But because they were an, it had an inner self of themselves, they could have said, Heavenly Father, you're mighty good to us, I might, we might as well want that tree. But for goodness sake, Lord, we, it, unless you rescue us, we should get it. Could you rescue us? That's what salvation is. She will never say, except for the cry for rescue. God have mercy upon me, a sinner. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. No, no other way. Because we can't rescue ourselves. If Adam and Eve had had that heart cry, so, if, 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 if I'm not rescued, I think that tree, sure I shall, it looks mighty nice, I'm going for it, quick, quick, quick. And of course, uh, Adam followed Eve, like all good husbands do. And, and um, so, uh, once, once she was done for, he was done for, poor we, poor men, we've been slaves all our lives. Um, uh, well, but the cry, there could have been the cry. Where does a cry, you're capable of seeing a supply. You can only see a supply when you've got a demand. Now, that's why Adam and Eve never saw the tree of life. Because they didn't see, no, no, there was no interest to them. They hadn't got the, 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 the demand which, needed, which, which required the supply. But if in that moment they said, God, we're done for, and this tree looks mighty nice, in some way we're using pictorial language in a way, some way God has said, there's a nicer tree, there's a nicer tree next door. Take this one. Now, we know what those two trees symbolize, we're told. They symbolize persons. 